we're looking at uh, taking responsibility, which is something men are made to do. Um, there's a there, there's a passage in scripture that talks about, there's a bunch of them that talk about being strong and courageous. And there are two, two words in Hebrew for strong and courageous. One is hazak. Uh, that means to get a grip, that's strength. You get a grip on your responsibilities. Courageous means to act with valor. It's a motz. So you take action with valor to do, to do what needs to be done. And so we're looking today, particularly at, well, we're looking at both of those. We're going to look at a story in 1 Samuel 14 about Jonathan and his armor bearer. And uh, I, I'm going to walk through that in a little bit. So if you want to follow along, I don't, I don't know if you'll need to follow along because basically I'm going to describe, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to describe what's happening in the chapter before it and then in 1 Samuel 14. Um, but per- particularly, God's made us to handle what's on our plate well. If you handle what's on your plate right now, your responsibilities right now, then what happens is you get more responsibility. That's the reward of handling your responsibility well, is it grows. And your capacity grows as well. And so, you know, it's, what's interesting is we talked about uh, the Casile today, uh, didn't we? Is that the one we were on? Yeah, Casile. The, the easy, oh, oh, okay, that's right. So we talked about the easy way guy yesterday, and typically most guys are easy way. You know, there are, I, I do know some very close friends who are, who are more reactive way, but most guys are easy way, and it goes back to the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve were in the garden, God had given the man the responsibility to take care of things, and particularly, he also gave him uh, God's guidelines, handed to him, and his role in the marriage relationship between he and Eve was to speak, speak God's word into the situation. Well, I don't know about you, but I've always pictured that, that scene in the garden with just Adam, I mean, just Eve, Eve alone with the serpent being tempted by tasting the fruit. And as you read the passage, Adam was just standing there. And so um, the serpent's tempting Eve. She goes ahead and takes a bite, and Adam's just standing by. Ever, ever since he, so he's passive. <laughs> so his choice to be passive in that moment has affected the rest of the human race. And Eve, then, the curse was that Eve would try to master her husband, and every woman tends to be, so they, they tends to be reactive way. What happens typically, and you saw it in that clip today, uh, a, a, a Casile guy, an easy way guy, will marry a reactive way gal, and then it just is really rough because the guy won't take responsibility, and she's trying to get him to take responsibility and it's, it's a rough deal. Um, so anyway, we're going to look at 
really how, how to be strong and courageous, how to take responsibility and act when you need to do and, and get over being passive and some reasons to do that. But first of all, I'd like you to watch a clip from Braveheart. And, uh, you know, I mean, what guy's group would not be, you know, fit well with a clip from Braveheart? Um, the Scots have defeated the English here, and William Wallace, to say the least, was instrumental in the defeat. So the scene we're going to watch is a scene where he's being knighted by the nobles, the Scottish nobles. And uh, I, I looked up, you know, a knight's assignment, their responsibility was to guard the freedom of the land and to serve the interests of the people. And this is their responsibility. So I'd, I'd like you to focus, as, as you watch the clip, focus on Wallace and his men and the nobles, the contrast between those two, two groups. So there's the nobles, Wallace and his men. Let's watch this. Who's going to go with him? <laughs> All right, I'd like you to take a three or four minutes in groups of three or four, just the guys around you, and answer those questions. I think they're on the screen. How would you describe the focus of the nobles compared to Wallace and his guys? I, I love it when he's getting, you know, he's, he's putting the thing over his guy's neck, and he's kind of like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. This doesn't really matter. We need to get after it. But... Um, how did the focus impact the way the two groups of men carried out their responsibility to protect the interests of the Scottish people? So just take a take five minutes or so. I'll see if you guys aren't are mostly done. I'll wrap it up. But all right, somewhat. Let's pull back together. Sounds like we're wrapping it up. Um, pretty 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 obvious difference. They were more focused on themselves, petty, bickering looking out for their own interests. Wallace and his guys, they were really serving the interests of the people in their, in their mindset. God made men to get past themselves to serve others. That's why he made us. And uh, I, I'd like to look at this story in 1 Samuel 14 that uh, shows, shows how a guy and his armor bearer, Jonathan and his armor bearer, did just that. I, when I used to watch football, I, well, I watch football now, but when I was in high school, that's what I was trying to say. When I was in high school and watched football, I'd, I'd see a guy, you know, make a move or just plow over somebody, and I'd think, what a stud. You ever, is that still a phrase? Kinda. Just <laughs> kind of? Stud muffin. <laughs> All right, okay, look, that's what I used to say. What a stud. Uh, that's Jonathan, his armor bearer. A beast, yeah, beast mode. Yeah, right on. Okay, I'm trying to stay up to date, so beast is good. Um, so anyway, I want to look at this story uh, where they took responsibility to really resolve something that needed to be resolved. But I, I'd like to set up the predicament the Israelites were in at the time. Uh, the Israelites, you know, the Israel was people, God's people, 
and we we learn a lot of lessons from them but um in this situation what what had happened here's some background in the chapter right before the one we're going to really zero in on Jonathan had defeated a, a garrison of Philistines. Now, a garrison, I tried to figure out how many guys that was, but the only thing I could figure out about it was that it was an outpost. So what, what countries would do or nations would do in this day is they would, they would try to gain ground and take ground from other nations, and they would put, as they took ground, they would put an outpost there, a, a garrison of soldiers, and they would maintain that that ground with that garrison of soldiers so uh, Jonathan defeats a garrison so the Israelites take some ground back from the Philistines and then in response to that the Philistines put together a force of 30,000 chariots 6,000 men and the Bible says Troops like the sands of the seashore. <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of troops. And they camped at Michmash. I love that name, Michmash. Just kind of cool to say it. Um, now, how do you think the men of Israel responded to that? The passage says the people hid themselves in holes and in rocks and in tombs and in cisterns. So they ducked into, you know, graves. <laughs> And they're hiding in cisterns, water tanks. And it says the people were shaking as they followed Saul. And Saul's scared. And so he wants God's favor. And he calls for the prophet Samuel to come and offer an offering to God because he wants God on his side before he goes into battle against this massive number of troops. And... It takes Samuel like a week to get there. He's, you know, Saul's waiting and waiting and waiting, and there, you know, this this force is mounting. Saul has 600 men. That's what he's got. Everybody else is hiding, in in holes, and so he decides, okay, Samuel must not be coming. I'm just going to go ahead and offer the offering myself. Well, that's forbidden. That was forbidden in scripture. The king wasn't supposed to do that. So uh, when Samuel shows up, who right after he offers the offering, Samuel shows up while it's still burning. <laughs> so uh, he tells Saul, Samuel tells Saul that he acted foolishly. And uh, the word there is, is related to the fool that we're going to look at tonight, the profile of the fool tonight, Sackle, C-A-K-A-L. Uh, and it means that he did what he wanted without considering the consequences. And that right there, that act right there, is what cost him his kingdom. He, he lost his throne. I mean, he, he, he kept reigning for a while, but Samuel said, this right here is the beginning of the end. You've, you've lost it. And for us, um, we, we do this kind of thing. That cost him his kingdom. But when we, when we just do something foolish without considering the, the consequences, often it costs us respect and maybe worse. Maybe, maybe worse, maybe a job, maybe a grade or whatever it is. But 
the lesson here is learn to be careful to do things God's way. So this is in the backdrop before I get to the good part of the story. <laughs> um, so we're told also in chapter 13 that three companies of raiders from the Philistine forces begin to exercise superiority over Saul and his men. Again, about 600 so Israel's under siege at this time, and what, what the Philistines were doing is they either captured or they kept the blacksmiths in, the, in Israel from doing their work. And so the Israelites would have to go to the Philistines for them to sharpen their, their tools, like their axe, their pick, you know, whatever it was. So, and, and they wouldn't allow them to make weapons. So... They're in a bad way, aren't they? I mean, they're 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 under siege, and they don't they don't, there's only two weapons in all of Israel and two swords. Uh, Saul and Jonathan had the swords, so th- this is the picture. Um, so here's the scene: the men of Israel are hiding in holes. Here's a picture of the area around Michmash, right there. You can see there's a lot of holes to hide in. A lot of places they could possibly uh, duck, duck in and hide, and it's a very steep uh, area. Now, one thing about Israel's history is God gave it to us so that we could learn from it. Uh, Romans 15:4 says, "For whatever is written in former days was written for our instruction." that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So this is all written, the battles that Israel fought, the reasons they won or lost those battles, all the stuff that happened is meant for our instruction and our encouragement. They parallel our own fight to extend the kingdom. If you're a Christ follower, you're in a ministry, you're trying to help people come to know Christ. Uh, as we focus on bringing more and more people into the kingdom of God through our efforts, we're going to get pushback. And it's a fight. It's a battle. So this, this parallels it. Now, um, we're going to look at some lessons from 1 Samuel 14, from lessons on taking responsibility from Jonathan and his armor bearer. And I subtitled it, Don't Be a Dud, be a stud <laughs> but I, I I think maybe go into beast mode might be better or something you know I don't I don't know might be more r- relatable <laughs> uh, before we move on the story though here here's a description of the armor bearers responsibility an armor bearer was an officer selected by kings and generals because of his bravery not only to bear their armor but also stand by them in time of danger they were the adjutants, adjutants of the army, of the, our modern armies. So they were, they tended to be organizational, admin, logistical people, but they also fought. They were brave guys. So at this moment in history, men are hiding when they should be gearing up to fight. There are only two weapons, and Jonathan decides to do something about it, to deal with the trouble they were in. 1 Samuel 14.1 says, One day Jonathan, Saul's son, said to the officer who carried his armor, Come, let's go over to the Philistine camp on the other side. 
but Jonathan did not tell his father. Translation, let's do this. <laughs> let's do something about this. Let's make it happen. Jonathan and his armor better, they head toward the Philistines. They have to go through a pass with a steep slope on both sides. One of the cliffs was called Bozes, one was called Sana or Sine. And after heading toward the Philistines, Jonathan shows us that we always need to take a faith edge toward the outcome of whatever effort we're, we're giving. So always take a faith edge toward the outcome of the effort. Here's what Jonathan said to the officer who carried his armor. Come, let's go to the camp of those men who are not circumcised. Maybe the Lord will help us. The Lord can give us victory if we have many people or just a few. Jonathan knew basically that the Lord was the number one factor in any given circumstance. So we approach the effort in faith. That's what he's showing us here. Notice he says, maybe the Lord will help us. Interesting statement, isn't it? (laughs) He wasn't going to presume that his idea was God's idea. He wasn't going to presume on God that the victory he was going to try to earn was guaranteed from God. He left room that he might have it wrong. And every decision like this is a judgment call. Every decision we make is a judgment call. You aren't going to be 100% sure of God's will in matters like this when you're making a judgment call. Confirmation always comes after we choose to walk by faith. After we choose in faith to do what we sense God telling us to do, the confirmation is going to come. Isaiah 30, 20-21 says, You will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Notice the voice isn't in front. <laughs> the, the voice is behind. You, you get a sense of what you think God wants. You make a decision and God confirms the decision. Can you guys still hear me in the back? Yeah. All right. Uh, Isaiah 30, 20 through 21. So this, this is my experience. You know, I, I'm never guaranteed. Sometimes we hesitate to take the first step because we want to know what the tenth step is and we want to guarantee victory. But that's not the way it works. We have to to learn how God speaks, learn to follow Him, and learn to let Him uh, guide us along the way. So no victory is guaranteed. Ours is to fight and to watch as God answers and then learn from that. We take a faith edge because God's going to be with us either way. He's going to be there. Um, Here's something we learned. So that's the guy, the guy leading. He takes a faith edge. The armor bearer, uh, the guy following, he shows us that we need to give, give ourselves to the effort with a whole heart. Um, 1 Samuel 14, 7 says, And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Translation, I'm all in. I'm with you. Let's do it. Uh, This is the response of a very good man and soldier. I'll follow you to do what you sense God's laying on your heart to do. And I'm going to do it with everything I've got. 
what are the assignments you have to do right now in ministry? Can you say that your attitude matches up with the armor bearers? Are you all in on them? How about at work? What's your attitude at work when the boss gives some direction? Are you all in like that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the place to be. How about in school? Are you all in? Are you doing things with a whole heart? Men are called to be strong and act like men. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says that. We're to act like men. In other words, be strong. Get a firm grip on responsibility as you respond to the situations of life as they're flowing by. So the next thing Jonathan does <clears throat> is he devises a plan to determine whether or not they should engage. Once they, once they get to the Philistines and show themselves to the Philistines, he comes up with a way to determine whether or not God wants them to engage in the fight. And uh, it's, it's basically a, a way to read the battlefield and choose whether or not to proceed and get a sense of God's timing and will. Uh, basically, if they show themselves and the Philistines respond in a certain way, that's the sign that God's going to give them victory. So, what this shows me is that we need, as we make a judgment call, step by step, we need to keep checking out our plan with God. As we, as we execute the plan, we need to keep checking with God to make sure uh, we're on the right path here. Proverbs 16.9 says, The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And that's, that's my experience. I, I got my plan. And I got my thought, I think hey, this is the way I'm going to go about this, but we always need to be careful to check with God to see if he wants to redirect us in some way. Um, the passage says, Jonathan climbs up the cliff on his hands and feet and tells his armor bearer to follow. Here's an artist's rendering of the, what they were doing. So that, this is what he's doing. He's doing an army crawl up the rock. And his armor bearer is right behind him. You can see the Philistines there in the background. Uh, the response of the Philistines when they show themselves confirms that God will give victory. And so at first strike, they kill about 20 men in an area of half an acre. So in, in about an area of half an acre, they kill 20 guys. And this strikes panic in the whole camp of the Philistines. And the passage says, says it this way. It says, the garrison and even the raiders trembled. The earth quaked and it became a very great panic. So they, they, you know, they're freaking out, the Philistines. The lookout for Saul, you know, Saul's got 600 guys. They've left the camp, didn't tell anybody what they were going to do. The lookout for Saul is, is looking over the, the Philistine garrison and they see what's going on. They count the men and they realize it must be Jonathan and his armor bearer who've gone over and done, uh, you know, who've attacked the Philistines. This rallies the people to fight and they end up routing the Philistines. They crawl out of their holes. <laughs> <laughs> and they decide to act like men and fight. 
This provides me with a reason to show you a clip for one of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> Open range. And um, it's probably a longer clip than I need to show you, but hey, it's the afternoon. We're trying to stay awake. And uh, we'll, we'll watch it together. The, the, the part I really would like that illustrates what I'm, one of the points I'm trying to make is at, toward the end of the clip, but in this scene what's happening is a brutal man, funny, he's, he, I think he's a Scot, uh, named Baxter is holding the town hostage, oppressing and using uh, its people for his, his advantage. And uh, there's, he's, he's against free grazers, I guess free grazers were cattlemen who went through the area and then they just allowed their cattle to graze. I, I guess it was a policy that you could graze free for a while without it being your land. Well, the landowners didn't like that. There was a, so anyway, there's gonna be a, a reference to that in this scene. Um, and I'd like you to watch it together because it's a good one. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> One of the classic lines of all time right there. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, in the movie, these two guys light a fire under the men of the town to take responsibility and fight. We're not made to sit back. We're made to do what needs to be done. The same happens in the story we're looking at in 1 Samuel 14, the courageous act of one or two strength and resolve of many. <clears throat> First Samuel 14, 22, 20-22, Then Saul gathered his army and entered the battle. Uh, they found the Philistines confused, striking each other with their swords. Earlier, there were Hebrews who had served the Philistines. I'm not quite sure if these guys were traitors, or they just were constricted to work for the Philistines. Uh, they had served the Philistines, they'd stayed in their cap, but now they joined the Israelites with uh, Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites hid, hidden in the mountains of Ephraim heard that the Philistine soldiers were running away, they also joined the battle and chased the Philistines. So the guys, the chicken, the dudes that were wimping out, they joined the fight. We underestimate the impact of our attitude on the rest of the guys around us. The courageous act of one or two can strengthen the resolve of many. This, this is the way it works. Men are called to take responsibility when others take responsibility. When they do what needs to be done. When they take the action that needs to be taken. What we say and do either lights a fire in others or puts it out like a bucket of water. That's the way it works in real life. But we underestimate ourselves. Uh, another major lesson from this piece of Israel's history is that we should never underestimate God's help to do God's mission. Uh, verse 23 says, So the Lord saved the Israelites that day, and the battle moved on past beth Avon. So they were gaining ground. And that's how you gain ground. God is the only factor who, uh, that really matters. He's the only one who really matters in the trouble you're facing as you bear up under the weight of your responsibility. He is strong 
to help you to do what he calls you to do, what he wants you to do. I, I'd like you to take a few moments just to consider for yourself kind of what, what God has said to you through the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. And uh, take a couple minutes to ask these questions. I think they're on the screen. Yeah. Do I need to step up and choose a faith edge, more of a faith edge, or a wholehearted attitude toward a responsibility I have? And then, how could this make a difference in my ministry, or I guess family life, you may or may not have a family, uh, or work arena, or, or in the way I approach my schooling. So, let's take a few minutes to think that through. Think it through for yourself, jot down a note, and then maybe share it with one guy next to you if you want to. You don't, you don't have to.